to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Hoare, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on November 22nd, 2015, on the basis of selected verses from Ezekiel 34. When you go home from church today, will there be some sort of list waiting for you? For some of you, the list that might be stressing you out is the list of all the dishes that you need to make for the big Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday. For some of you, the list might be all of the best doorbuster deals that you're looking forward to on Black Friday, all the stores that you're going to hit from Thursday dusk to Friday dawn, and the specific route that you're going to take to get to all of them the fastest. For others, you might already be thinking about the list of the Christmas cards that need to go out and the treats that need to be baked and all the decorations that need to be put up. Are any of you so on top of things, so ahead of the game that you're already making out your list of New Year's resolutions. If not, you should be. Because at least according to the church's calendar, today is actually the day that we've gathered here to close the book on yet another year. Next year, or next week, we start a new church year. In the annual cycle that we follow of 50 or so Sundays and a dozen or so festivals like Christmas and Easter and Pentecost and a handful of seasons like Advent and Epiphany and Lent, this is it. The last Sunday, the final page, the grand finale. There won't be any champagne or confetti. We won't be singing Auld Lang Syne or watching a ball drop, but it is a good day to think a little bit about resolutions. As you think about the most important detail of your life, where you stand with your maker, is there anything that needs to change? Is there anything that you should be doing more of? Is there anything that you should be doing less? Of course, as we start to think about those things a little bit and maybe a list starts to form, you might immediately realize that we've got a little bit of a problem. How many of you are really, really good at keeping your New Year's resolutions? Yeah, me neither. In fact, research shows that only 8% of what people resolve to do in a new year actually gets done. And if that percentage would hold true in those things that, that need attention in our relationship with God, boy, that would be a scary, scary thought, right? Well, thankfully, as we talk a little bit about resolutions today, we're not going to be focusing in on some sort of list of resolutions that you and I need to make. Rather, as we turn our attention to the words of God through the prophet Ezekiel, we're going to see that the Lord himself, the one who always keeps his word, the one who never breaks a promise, the one who always does exactly as he decrees, he has a couple of resolutions for us as we enter into a new year. The prophet Ezekiel had sort of an interesting and I would say very difficult job to do as a prophet. You might say that he had to change the mindset of an entire nation of people, a mindset that they had had for the better part of an entire millennium. For more than eight centuries, God's people had called the little strip of land on the very eastern shore of the Mediterranean Sea where modern-day Israel is located, God had, God's people had called that piece of land home. That was the land that God had promised them. That was the land that God had delivered to them. That was the land that God had protected for them. 
And Ezekiel's basic message to God's people was, it's time to pack your bags. It's time to leave. It's time to get ready to go. God was going to send the nation of Babylon to invade Israel, to conquer Israel, and to carry the people of Israel off into exile. It would sort of be like convincing a state full of Wisconsinites this weekend that the team they should really be cheering for is wearing purple and gold. And the wardrobe that they're wearing this weekend shouldn't include a single shred of blaze orange. Probably a difficult job, right? An unrealistic task, and yet that was exactly what Ezekiel was supposed to do. Well, eventually it all came to pass, just as God had promised. Babylon invaded, they conquered, and they carried God's people off into exile. And then after a while, God's people sort of got settled in. They found homes in Babylon. They got jobs in Babylon. They had children in Babylon. And those children grew up to have children in Babylon. And after a while, the strangest thing happened. What had started out so foreign to them started to get familiar. And what had only been meant to be a temporary place for them to live, they started to see as permanent. What started out feeling so much like hostile territory for them started to feel like home. In fact, by the time we get to the part of Ezekiel's ministry that these words in front of us come from today, his mission had actually flipped. For so long, Ezekiel had tried so hard to get them ready to leave, eventually he had to convince them just as much to want to go back. Strange, right? What's foreign slowly becomes familiar. What's temporary slowly turns permanent. And hostile, ter- hostile territory eventually starts to feel like home. Does that describe us at all? You know, our lives are full of so many things that are, are good, wonderful, valuable blessings from our God. And yet one of the devil's most frequent and most successful temptations is to come to us and convince us to take those really, really good things and turn them into best things. What's wrong, for example, with binge-watching an entire series on Netflix or spending hours of your week on Facebook? What's wrong with having calendars that are jam-packed and having our kids involved in every single activity under the sun? What's wrong with memorizing that list of Black Friday doorbuster deals and having a Christmas celebration that includes this big mountain of food and an even bigger mountain of presents? Well, nothing is. Nothing's wrong with any of that. But at the same time, everything is. Everything is if those hours on Netflix and on Facebook leave us without the time for family devotions and prayers. Everything is wrong if those jam-packed schedules are constantly conflicting with regular church attendance. Everything is wrong with wanting to fill up our garages with the greatest toys and the latest gadgets if that desire dwarfs our desire to generously support the work of the gospel. Maybe think of it like this. When you go and stay at a hotel, it's a great thing that they have those tiny plastic disposable cups 
and those individually wrapped bars of soap and those tiny little bottles of shampoo, right? Those things are great. You really need those things for as long as you're staying in that hotel. But then the devil comes along and he says to us, you really need to stock up on these things. Why don't you shove a bunch of them in your suitcase? Wouldn't life be great if it was full of things like this? Friends, do we need to be reminded at times that checkout time is on the way? Do we need to be renewed in our desire to one day go home? If so, don't go home today and and write that down on some list somewhere. You know how that usually goes, right? As soon as it's on the list, it's forgotten. Instead, focus on the Lord's words through the prophet Ezekiel this morning. Here's what God says through his prophet. I myself will search for my sheep. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered. I will bring them into their own land. Do you hear the resolve in God's voice? Even though those people had gotten so comfortable in Babylon, the Lord was resolved to bring them back home. If you're up on your physical science, you probably know that all matter, everything that we see around us, is made up of little tiny particles called atoms, right? And you probably also know that all of those atoms are made up of tiny subatomic particles called protons, Neutrons and electrons. Very good. Okay. Protons, neutrons, and electrons. Did you know that the ratio of mass between an electron and a proton is approximately 1 to 1,836? In other words, compared to a proton, an electron is, is pretty small. Well, did you know that if that ratio were off by just a little bit, if it were 1 to 1835, or 1 to 1837, it would be disastrous. Atoms would no longer bond to one another. Molecules could not be formed. And you and I and our planet and the entire universe as we know it would not exist. So do you know whose job it is to keep that ratio at 1 to 1836? Not one more, not one less. That's God's job, of course. God does that in every single atom in the universe, every single day, without taking a break. He's got a few things on his plate. But do you know that if, he, if you asked him what was at the very top of the list, the most important thing that he has to do today is to get you home to heaven. You see, we have the tendency to take really, really little things and make them really, really big. God takes the biggest of things and he tells us that none of them matter one bit compared to the biggest thing, the most important thing for him, for us to one day be with him. That's the first resolution that God wants us to remember as we think about entering this new year, that our Lord is 100% resolved for us to one day be there with him forever. That sort of leaves us with a problem, though. And you maybe heard and noticed what the Lord called his people through the words of the prophet Ezekiel. You maybe noticed the comparison that he made. He called his people sheep. 
And when the Lord called his people sheep, he spoke from experience. You see, from the very first days that God had settled his people along that eastern shore of the Mediterranean Sea, God had also made a set of neat and tidy rules for them to live by. And those rules included a system of government where there was always a king ruling over the people. The king was supposed to act sort of like a shepherd does, and the people, they were sort of like his sheep. As long as everyone followed the rules, things would be great. They would enjoy prosperity and success. The only problem was that for the vast majority of those 800 years, the shepherds had been totally corrupt, self-serving, and the sheep had foolishly and stubbornly wandered along their own path. So here God says, I'm going to bring the sheep back. I'm going to bring them back to their home. But then what? What would God do next? I'll tell you what God didn't do. He didn't say to his people, I'm going to give you a second chance. He didn't say to his people, I'm going to give you five easy reminders to help you get it right this time. He didn't say, let me demonstrate for you so that you can follow my example. No, instead he said, I am going to do it for you. Here's what the Lord said through Ezekiel. He said, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. Again, do you hear the resolve in God's voice? Not only was God going to bring his sheep back home, but God was going to give his people a new shepherd. Now, as I read those words, could you sort of connect the, the dots? Could you sort of fill, figure out how this promise of God has been fulfilled? The man mentioned in those verses, King David, he had long ago lived and long ago died, and so this prophecy wasn't about him. This prophecy was about one of his descendants who would sit on his throne forever. This, prom, this prophecy is about the one who eventually would come and say about himself, I am the good shepherd. This prophecy was fulfilled when God sent his own son to be his people's king and to be his people's shepherd. And because we sheep had so often and so foolishly wandered from the path that God set out, the only way for this shepherd to rescue us from enemy territory, to bring us back to our home, is to lay down his life for the sheep. Jesus didn't come to give us a second chance. Jesus didn't come to set a good example for us. He didn't come to show us the way. Jesus came to be that way. Jesus came to live for you and die for you. And yet it's not even entirely accurate to say that this prophecy has been fulfilled because it's just as true to say that this prophecy is currently being fulfilled. Even right here today, even among us, Jesus still shepherds his people. When we sheep foolishly wander from the path and decide to go our own way, our good shepherd still seeks us out. He still comes and finds us. He still gently but firmly says, no, no, this is the right path. This is the one that I want you to be on. When all of our foolish wandering leads us wounded and injured, when we carry around burdens of guilt and when we live with the consequences of our sin, our good shepherd comes to us and he points to his own wounds. He points to his own scars. 
And he reminds us that by those wounds, we have been healed. When life's stresses and life's disappointments have us sheep worn out and weary, Jesus comes and he puts us on his shoulders and he carries us. He strengthens us for our journey. Jesus still shepherds his sheep. And in fact, that's the reason it's so fitting for us to be looking at these words today. As we put behind one church year and look forward to another. Because that annual cycle that we follow, those 50 or so Sundays, those dozen or so festivals, that handful of seasons, it's exactly what happens during that cycle. Jesus shepherds his sheep. Jesus gathers together sheep when they scatter. Jesus heals and binds up sheep when they are wounded. Jesus strengthens sheep when they are worn out and weary. As we remember the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ year after year after year, as we gather here to hear God's word and feast on the meal that he has prepared, as we gather in Jesus' name, he promises that he will be with us just as surely as he was here when he walked the earth. He will be with us to shepherd us home to heaven. That's the second resolution that God would want us to remember as we look forward to this new year. Not only is God completely resolved for us to one day be there with him, in the meantime, God is completely resolved to be here with us, to shepherd us all the way to our eternal home. Now, will that require some resolution on our part? Does that lead to some work? I suppose it's work to get up on Sunday mornings rather than stay in bed. It's work to get the kids dressed and all bundled up, especially during the winter months. It's work to reprioritize our schedules, to reprioritize our budgets. It's work to leave behind sins that we've grown very comfortable in. But friends, I have a feeling that that work is sort of going to feel like the work that I found myself doing this week and noticed quite a few people around town doing as well. See, if you're anything like me, you've, you've had this list of things that needed to be done around the house for quite some time now to get ready for winter. Put a covering over the, the patio furniture. Bring in some of the summer toys. Get out all of the winter gear, the sleds and the boots and the shovels. All of that needed to be done, and, and there sat that list for weeks and weeks and weeks. But then all of a sudden we got the forecast, the certain forecast that there was going to be quite a bit of snow. And wouldn't you know, suddenly all that work rose right to the top, and all of that work got done. When we know the future, when the forecast is that certain, the work sort of has a way of taking care of itself, Right? Now, if we're willing to trust a weatherman of all people, I would say that we are safe in trusting our Savior Jesus when he promises to us that he wants us to end up home with him in heaven and in the meantime that he will be here with us to shepherd us there. We can take him at his word. And when we see that resolve, the resolve that we need to have sort of just takes care of itself, right? When the future is that certain, when the outcome is that secure, the work just naturally happens. So as we leave behind this one church year and as we look forward to another, keep in mind 
these resolutions that the Lord your God speaks to you today. And I have a feeling that the coming year is going to be a very good one. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org. Thank you.